you can compete on price and features, which is super risky. It's basically a race to the bottom. You're going to get yourself into a price war, or you can compete on brand, which is a race to the top. So focusing on building better experiences, owning that demand. So this is why it's so super important to focus on building a great brand. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Friday, so this is our hashtag one hero episode. In these episodes, we highlight and celebrate a blog post and contributor from our community and discuss topics surrounding sales, marketing, and customer success. Here we go. and welcome to the Flip My Funnel podcast. We are here with Edward Ford of Advanced B2B. Thank you so much, Edward, for being with us. Thanks, Caitlin. Thanks for having me on the show. I've been listening for like some months now, so awesome to be on the podcast. Happy to have you here, Edward. So Edward knows a ton about how to make a killer B2B brand. And so that's what we're talking about today, how to make a killer B2B brand. So the first question that I have for you, Edward, is why is brand so critical in B2B and SaaS in particular? Because, you know, a lot of people might say, oh, don't even worry about brand that, you know, that's all fluff or that's all whatever. Don't even worry about it. Focus on your product, focus on, you know, your serious marketing or whatever. So why is brand so critical in B2B and SaaS? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good opening question. And I think the word you said there, fluff, is something that comes up. Like when you talk to people about brand marketing and what is brand, they, they just think of marketing fluff, some high level stuff that's maybe not so important. And particularly in SaaS, which is a field that we're working in, people like to get to the nitty gritty, the growth hacks and all this stuff. But I would argue the other way that the brand is so much more important and building a strong brand and developing a strong brand strategy is is going to be key to success in the long term. Because what you're seeing right now, particularly in the SaaS field where we're working is that there is like infinite supply. So there are so many competitors, so many players in the market, and it's the same outside of SaaS. So I'm sure in, in your own industry or field where you're working, there's going to be tons of competitors, new players coming along all the time. And particularly in SaaS, if you think about the MarTech 5000, so there's Scott Brinker's famous diagram where there's like, I believe it's now even 7,000 players in the marketing technology SaaS space, which is where you guys at Terminus are. And the same thing is happening in different fields. So in health tech, in legal tech, financial tech, and so forth, more and more people are coming into the market. So brand is going to play such a key role. And we've kind of identified three drivers that are bringing SaaS to the forefront or bringing brand to the forefront, particularly within SaaS. And that's this shift from commodities to experiences, this shift in power from those who own the supply to those who own the demand, and this shift from thinking about building products to actually building brands. So I could break these down quickly. So firstly, from commodities to experience. So back in the early days of SaaS, so some 20 years ago when Salesforce came along, for example, there were so few players in the field that the fact that you had a commodity, the fact you had a product features and so forth, that was enough to stand out. But now if we fast forward to today, there are so many players that that in itself is not really much of a differentiator. So you need to start thinking beyond that. And features, functionality, the tools, they can really easily be copied. So it's really simple for someone to copy your features. But what's much harder to copy are the feelings. So 
the emotional attachment that people have for your company, for your product, for your brand. So you really need to start thinking about building great experiences, great customer experiences, and great brand experiences, rather than just focusing on the commodity, the product, the features, and so forth. And then the, the second dra- driver is this shift in power from owning supply to owning demand. And it ties quite nicely into that first one in that when you had a few commodities on the market, the fact that you owned supply was enough to stand out. But now if you look at some great companies nowadays, they've focused on owning demand. And I think like TV and Netflix is a great example within SaaS. So in the old world, TV networks, they had the supply and they had the power. So they chose what to show, when to show it, and they monetize that power through advertising. But now Netflix they were focusing on, okay, what's the, the core problem? How can we make the experience much better? And they developed streaming on demand. So you can watch whatever you want, when you want to watch it. And they've used a subscription-based business model. So they focused on owning the demand, not the supply. Same thing with like Dollar Shave Club, if we go outside of software. So again, companies like Gillette, they built these great products using elaborate supply chains, but you had to go to the store. They're very expensive. And I don't know how it is in the States, but here in Europe, you, they're actually locked behind a plastic box. So you have to have someone come and open it up and you buy it. But Dollar Shave Club, they focused on owning the demand. So they built a great product using a subscription business model, and they built a great brand around that. And they really focused on owning the demand. So that's the second driver that we see. And then this third one is really about a shift in mindset from actually going from just building products to building brands. Because What you're seeing right now in so many fields is that it's really easy for new players to enter the market. So if I wanted to create a product or or a SaaS platform, I could do that myself. There's a lot of technologies out there, a lot of APIs. I could work with remote developers from all around the world to build something. So the barrier for entry has lowered. And what this means then is that competition increases, the market becomes commodity-driven, supply goes up, demand goes down, and it leaves you a couple of options. So you can compete on price and features, which is super risky. It's basically a race to the bottom. You're going to get yourself into a price war, or you can compete on brand, which is a race to the top. So focusing on building better experiences, owning that demand. And so this is why it's so super important to focus on building like a great brand. Right. So what is your definition of a great brand? Because I mean, that could mean a lot of things if you're excluding product. Out of that, then is brand everything else? Is brand all of your marketing? Is it something more specific? Is it the feelings that you were talking about? Yeah, I think to describe what brand is, it's good to define you know, what brand isn't. So a lot of people, when they think of brand, they think, oh, that's the logo, that's our tagline, our brand colors, it's our new graphics and so forth. And often when people are redoing their visual identity, it's like, oh, we're redoing our brand. And that's not really part of brand. The, it, the visual identity is, is a key part of it, but it's way more than that. So the way that I like to think of brand, and I'm actually stealing this from Bill McKaitis, who's the former CMO of Slack. We had him on our, our, our podcast, the Growth Up podcast, and I asked him this question. And he said that your brand is actually the sum of every single touch point that a customer has with you on their journey. I think it's the best definition of brand that I've heard. And if anyone has a better one, then I would love to hear it. But <laughs> that's what we think of, of brand being. So if you think when someone has that first interaction with your company, whether it's reading something you've posted on LinkedIn, or maybe someone has shared an article to your blog, and then someone will, will go and read that, that first interaction, that sets the perception that people have of you as a company. That's the first step towards people building the brand in their in their mind. So that first contact, perhaps they read a blog post, they might go and look at, you know, what is your actual product? What do you actually do? Let's read about that. And then they might 
read a few more blog posts, listen to your podcast, watch some videos, subscribe to your email. So what kind of emails do they uh, get from you? They will maybe then come back and take another look at your product. What kind of pricing do you have? Is it aligned with the perceived value that they think that they'd be able to get from your product? And maybe they'll open up a trial, the onboarding. What's that like? What kind of support do they get? What kind of success... uh, what kind of support do they get from customer success teams and so forth? Like, do they eventually become a happy customer? Do they move from free to paid? Is this whole journey is help shape is helping to shape the brand? So that's really what the brand is. It's, it's this all encompassing concept from the very first contact all the way until someone will go on to become a customer. So I think the key thing here about what brand is, is that it's really all about perception. That's what's at the core of brand. So it's the perception that people have of you as a company, what it is you do, what you stand for. And it's what people will say when you're not in the room. It's what people tell other people about your company and your and your product and your services. And it's really important for marketers to understand that you don't own your brand. It only exists in the minds of other people. But what you can do internally is to influence that perception through what it is you do, through your actions, through your marketing, through the messaging, through your visual identity and so forth. So that's really what I would say brand is. Okay, so brand perception people have of you as a company you can influence the perception with your with your marketing and with the people within your company but how do you actually go about doing that because and it's different too for different sizes of companies right or, or different types of companies different industries obviously so when you're a startup is it easier to build a brand than a more established company who hasn't worked a lot on their brand but they are a more established company how do you get to build a brand both in a startup company you're just starting out, you're, you're figuring out your product versus you know, a more established company who hasn't focused a lot on brand. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really good point to make because if you're an early stage startup, it's of course a lot easier to decide which direction you actually want to go when it comes to building your brand compared to say if you're a large enterprise level company and there's a lot more sort of there's a lot more people at the table it's a lot more complicated so as a startup you're almost like a speedboat it's much easier and quicker to change direction but if you're a larger company and you want to rethink brand then it's more about steering a huge cruise ship to some extent (laughs) so that's kind of how it would work there but i think what we talk about here at advanced b2b is a a four-step framework that companies can use to think about building their brand and it kind of ties together the customer with the business strategy so we kind of see marketing as a bridge between the customer and the company and at the heart of that is the brand. So what we like to do is kind of take some examples and look at companies who have done it really well. And I think one great example that we look up to here in the SaaS space is Salesforce, because of course, they were one of the first players within the SaaS space. But one of the things that really helped them to become so successful is not that just they just built this new product selling and distributing software through the internet, but they focused on building a brand from the very, very beginning. And so this is the four-step framework that we use or like to think about when, when it comes to building brands. So firstly, Salesforce, they identified a shift. That was the first step. This is more of a strategic play. So they saw that software was being delivered on-premise. It was very clunky. It was very slow. It was extremely expensive. It, was, it took a long time to get up and running. And they thought that, well, we could probably sell and distribute and have people use software through the internet. So the same thing that Amazon did for books, we could do for software. So 
that was the first step that they saw in in terms of building the brand this shift that was happening on a higher level and then they went about they went about creating a category so they created the category of cloud-based sales automation. So no one had ever heard of cloud-based sales automation in the late 90s. I think some people would still consider these to be buzzwords like the cloud automation and so forth. So that, that's what they did. And you could even argue that Salesforce created the category of software as a service or helped to create that category since they were one of the first true players, I would say, in, in the SaaS space. So that was the second step. And then thirdly, they started reinforcing a theme. So everything that they did was about the concept of cloud. So all their products were named after a cloud. Mm -hmm. Their logo was the Salesforce text in a cloud and still is. Their Mark Benioff's book, Behind the Cloud, was all about the cloud. Their marketing and sales, it was all talking about the cloud. And so they reinforced this theme of cloud. And then what they did, the fourth step, is that they started a movement. So we're starting, so this is getting more tactical, more operational. And they declared that this is the end of software. So software is dead. Software, as we know it, is dead. And if you've read Behind the Cloud, you'll see that they did some crazy stuff. They hijacked a bunch of conferences. They had run-ins with the police. They created these super elaborate (laughs) events where they would as people arrived, they would be funneled through hell, which represented the old legacy on-premise software world. And slowly they would find their way to heaven, Nirvana, the cloud and Salesforce. <laughs> and they started this like, no software movement with it. They gave out badges and, and so forth. And, and really, this is like the four-step framework to building a killer brand. So we call it unleashing your superpower. So identify a shift, create a category, reinforce a theme and start a movement. And you can actually apply this framework to some of the great brands now in in B2B and you'll see that they're doing the same thing. So that's how I would say you you can go about building a brand. And it doesn't really matter if you're an early stage startup or if you're, you know, a 20, 30, 40 year old uh, well-established company with hundreds, thousands of people, mm-hmm. you can still think about this framework in terms of, you know, what's our brand? What do we stand for? And, you know, are we in the right place or do we need to rethink when it comes to brand? Right. Edward, thank you so much for being on the show. I, if I could just summarize some of the things that you talked about, if anybody's driving or <laughs> didn't yeah. take any notes, I took a bunch for you. Don't worry. It's easy to copy features and it's hard to copy feelings. I feel like that yes. sums up brand pretty well. I mean, I, I haven't heard that before. And I just absolutely love that phrase because you can copy those features. You can copy pricing models. You can go lower. You can get in a price war, like you said, but you can't copy feelings. You can't copy the perception that people have of you as a company. And that is something that is so, so key to building a killer company, not just a killer brand, but a killer company. So Edward, where can people find you? Yeah, so on LinkedIn, of course, that's one place. And then on Twitter, you can find me at Nordic Edward, or then you can get in touch with me directly. So it's Edward at advancedb2b.fi. And you have a pretty great podcast too, right? (laughs) Ah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, our podcast is all about marketing in B2B SaaS. So we touch on a lot of things from brand strategy and marketing strategy to slightly more tactical stuff like metrics, data, KPIs, growth marketing. So yeah, go check it out. It's called the Growth Hub Podcast and you can find it on advancedb2b.com. Fantastic. Edward, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel Podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.